Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today on Rank Amateur we have the newest addition to my collection of ships it is the tier 10 uh, tech tree Japanese destroyer, the Harugamo. So those of you who follow this podcast will know that I've been grinding up the Japanese destroyer line and have generally been quite liking it um, all the way up there. I mean, I, I did free XP past the two torpedo boats that are tier 6 and 7. It's the... Um, Fubuki and the Shiratsu U, I believe. Or no, the, yeah, Shiratsu U, I think. Of course, I'm probably wrong. Hey, no, I was actually right. Yeah, it's the Shiratsu U. Yeah, so I free speed past that, and I've been playing a ton of battles uh, in the top three uh, tier 8, 9, and 10 Japanese gunboat destroyers. And man, they have been fantastic. So we'll get into why the Harugamo's an even bigger upgrade over the Kitakaze than the Kitakaze is over the... Uh, Akazuki, which uh, Kitakaze really is like an Akazuki at tier 9. It's not that much of an upgrade. But um, anyways, here. So let's go over World of Warships news. And the answer to that question is um, there is really no news. Um, there is Operation Wolfpack. Uh, what was the operation of the week this week, which is kind of interesting. Uh, they said you're not going to uh, need to be in a division to play that mode anymore. Um and, uh, yeah, so it's just basically said they put a new matchmaker in. Uh, it's now in the rotation to be Operation of the Week as well. So that's some news. They're uh, parading around their new Tier 9 premium destroyer, the Velios, the Greek thing that they uh, have put in. It's basically an American destroyer in the European tech tree with uh, European torpedoes. That's pretty much what it is. Um, finals for Kings of the Sea. Uh, Malta is available for coal now. And there's Italian Destroyers collections. Uh, for those of you who want to know, the Malta is available for 268,000 coal, which, I mean, that's a bit on the pricey side, which is good, because um, then you're trying to make people uh, think twice about buying carriers, but, you know, when does that ever stop them? Um, yeah, so... I will be, as far as coal ships for me, I will be uh, still grinding towards the Force Chairman. That's my next target for a coal ship. Um, I hope and have that relatively soon. I only got like 44,000 coal to go, so well, maybe not relatively soon, but within the next like two or three months. So uh, keep an eye out for that coming up in the near future, sort of near future. And uh, let's get into the Harugamo. So what was the Harugamo? Uh, the answer is um, pretty much nothing as far as uh, history is concerned. Uh, the name Harugamo, uh, names, or means spring cloud, was uh, only given to one ship in the Japanese Navy, and that was an unbuilt Akazuki-class destroyer. Um, she was canceled on the 14th of December 1944. 
And basically what the Harugumo is, is it's an imaginary enlargement of the Super Akazuki class of destroyers, which is basically the Kitakazi class. So it's, it's already an improvement on a design that never existed. Kind of like a lot of what the German battlecruisers are. Um, it, yeah, basically they literally, if, if you look at the 3D model, it was very clear that they just kind of separated it, put an extra section in, slapped a gun on top of that section, and called it an improvement. And in the game, it is a huge improvement, uh, but it never existed in real life. There's no Wikipedia pages you can go to, to to see any history on it. There's no references in any uh, Japanese archives or anything. So it's, it is pretty much completely made up. And this is not necessarily wargaming's fault it's because there was no suitable post-war uh japanese maritime self-defense force um destroyers that could fit into the tier 10 spot so they kind of had to make a, a, a late war sort of super like japanese destroyer like a like essentially a light cruiser um another thing that was um I guess kind of made up by wargaming, and this goes for all three of these uh, super gunboats, or not super gunboats, but gunboats of the Japanese uh, destroyer line. Is the fact that the 100 millimeter 65 caliber Type 98 naval gun, which is the serves as the main gun of the uh, all three of these uh, ships, Akazuki, Kitakaze, and Hirugumo, um, they carried only high explosive ammunition remember these were primarily anti-aircraft and anti-submarine weapons they did not actually carry any ap shells and this was completely invented by wargaming uh just you know to fit the game i i feel like it would have been an interesting um i don't know i feel like it would have been an interesting uh like quirk about the japanese gunboat destroyers if they only had high explosive but maybe the high explosive was had just like absurdly high penetration or very high fire chance or something like that um you know, that that could be interesting. To, that would have been interesting if they would have gone with that sort of quirk, but I guess they decided that the Japanese destroyers were already kind of strange as they were in the game. So, it, you know, I can kind of see why they would go that route. But yes, so there's no there's no history on the side of the Hirugumo, unfortunately. It is literally just made up. And, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I could totally see the Japanese Navy doing something like this in um, World War II, especially if maybe they hadn't been defeated as quickly at Midway, if it wouldn't have been such a comprehensive blowout of a war. Um, you know, that's maybe that would have happened, but I guess that is not to be. Um, so we'll, we will go on to the World of Warships section of this episode right away. It's been very brief so far, but we'll get into detail with the Harugamo and explore all of its quirks, features, and weaknesses. Alright, so to start off with the Harugamo, uh, this is assuming that you have um, no upgrades applied uh, or captain skills or anything like that, but you do have the Type 93 Mod 3 torpedoes equipped instead of the Type F3 torpedoes. So essentially, this is the ship as you buy it uh, in the tech tree with no modifications applied. So the main battery is going to have a range of 12.55 kilometers. It's going to consist of 1000mm 65 caliber Type 98 guns on a Model A mount. These are primarily for anti-aircraft use, but can be used for anti-surface uh, combat. 
So uh, the reload time is going to be a base of 3 seconds, which is pretty fast for 10 guns, especially since these are Japanese guns. Um, they have 180 degree turn time of 11.25 seconds, so that's a little slow for a gunboat destroyer. We do like to see that a little bit faster, typically around the 8 second mark, but you know, that's, it is definitely workable, especially if you keep your situational awareness up. Uh, the accuracy is pretty decent. Actually, I have no complaints about the accuracy here. Uh, 2.0 Sigma, 110 meters at uh, horizontal at 12.55 kilometers. I guess with the floatiness of the shells, sometimes at the very extreme range, it can get a little excessive. But typically, I don't really see any deviation from where I'm aiming. Uh, and the maximum dispersion vertical is a tight 66 meters. Um, and the HE shell you're going to be firing is a typical 100mm HE Type 98 shell. Uh, the raw DPM is going to be a nice, really, <laughs> really nice 240,000. Uh, the maximum damage is going to be 1,200 per shell. The initial shell velocity is going to be a whopping 1,000 meters a second. But do not let that fool you, because yes, these shells do come out of the barrels really, really fast but they slow down super quickly because they're very light shells and they have a high air drag coefficient. These shells only weigh 13 kilograms, which is about 26 pounds. Um, no, not 26, about 30 pounds uh, for us Americans. Uh, the HE penetration is an impressive 30 millimeters because of that, uh, was it third caliber? Uh, yeah, basically third caliber HE penetration that the um, Japanese destroyers get, or Japanese gunboat destroyers get. Their 100 millimeter guns get that weird uh, third caliber penetration. The burn probability is only 5%, but remember you are firing 10 shells every 3 seconds, so it doesn't, you don't really notice it that much. Uh, per salvo, be about a 40% chance of causing fire and about 8 fires per minute. Uh, the AP shells is AP Type 98 shell. Uh, raw DPM is a, is a 340,000 damage. Yes, more than a quarter of a million damage per minute potential. Uh, good luck getting that, but that's per minute, theoretically. Maximum damage is only 1,700. That's pretty low for a destroyer, but remember, these are only 100mm guns. You got the same shell velocity of 1,000 meters a second. Uh, these shells do keep their speed a little bit better, the AP shells, but by the time they get out to around 12 kilometers, uh, they don't start, they start to get pretty floaty. It's not like quite like American shells. You still can aim them quite easily, and I, I easily hit destroyers out at that range, but it does get quite floaty. Um, like, I wouldn't use a range mod on the ship just because of how floaty it can get. Uh, you're gonna have a 13 kilogram shell weight and, uh, standard ricochet angles of 45 to 60 degrees, depth explosion of 1 meter, oh yeah, by the way, uh, 2 meter depth explosion on the HD shells, which is pretty low just because of the low size of the shell. Um, usually we see around 3 meters of a depth explosion or more. Uh, the overmatch is gonna be <laughs> a disappointing 6 millimeters, so you're not overmatching anything that you're gonna see. The arming threshold is 17 millimeters, and the fuse timer is, uh, 0.01 seconds. The aiming sector, don't have too many complaints about that. Usually it's pretty proficient, especially that weird third turret that like faces forward, or the third turret at the aft that faces forward, so that would be, uh, that'd be Z turret, I think, I think. Um, yeah, but it has a uh, quite good aiming uh, circles. Um, 
I really don't have any complaints about that. In my experience, never really ran into any problems getting my guns on target, so that's that's always nice. Um, you do have a very large torpedo launcher. You have a single torpedo launcher. It is a sextuple torpedo launcher. Yes, there are six torpedoes uh, in that launcher. It has it's 610 millimeters. That launches Type 93 Mod 3s uh, by default. That's going to have a 12.0 kilometer range. Uh, torpedoes are going to do a whopping 23,000 damage, 23,767 to be precise. Uh, yes, these are the same torpedoes that the Shimakaze fires, or at least one of the torpedo options that the Shimakaze has. The reload time is a very long 171 seconds. Yes, that is just under three minutes. Uh, it, it is crazy long for just six torpedoes, and it makes sense because the ship is quite good without them, so having crazy torpedoes would be... Well, crazy. Torpedo speed is a pretty decent 67 knots. Uh, by this tier, that is around average. Uh, the detectability range is 1.7 kilometers, so you will see these torpedoes from a decent uh, distance away. It's about a 9.4 second reaction time and a 406% chance of causing fire. Or floods. <laughs> yeah, torpedoes causing fire. That's That'd be funny. Uh, the aiming sector is nothing short of terrible. Uh, you have to expose complete broadside to get your torpedoes away, which can cause some problems when dueling, but uh, if carefully managed, uh, can be worked around. The AA defense is, although this thing was literally purpose-built for anti-aircraft defense, is pretty much laughable. I keep my AA guns off most of the time. You do have a whopping 25,600 hit points base, which is very impressive. The fires last 30 seconds, the floods last 40 seconds, that's standard, you'll take 2300 damage from a fire, and 2500 damage from a flood. Uh, I mean, most destroyer captains just damage control on the fires or flooding right away, unless they're expecting to take more damage. Um, concealment is not great, you do have a 768 kilometer um, detection range. Uh, after firing main guns and smoke, uh, you'll have a 2.54 kilometer main detection. Uh, detection range and one on fire you can be seen from almost 10 kilometers away 9.68 kilometers to be exact so that is it is a bit disappointing you do lose that over the kitakaze uh, the concealment is not as great this does play a little bit more like a cruiser than the kitakaze does um, the detection by air is going to be 4.18 kilometers uh, maneuverability, uh, maximum speed of 35.7 knots base. Uh, that is a little on the slow side. It's not as slow as the likes of the Forest Sherman, but it is pretty pretty far down on the low side. Uh, definitely not a French destroyer. You're, you will kind of struggle to catch a lot of things in this ship, so uh, careful positioning is required to work around that. Uh, full power forward is 20 seconds. Full power backwards, 10 seconds. You get a power to weight ratio of 15.51 horsepower per ton. Turning circle radius of an abysmal 830 meters. Uh, this thing, yes, will be outturned by American cruisers. Or not even not even American cruisers, like a bunch of cruisers, British cruisers and things like that. I mean, yeah, Soviet cruisers obviously will not uh, outturn you, but this thing does not get around fast. Um, the rudder shift time is a respectable 5.5 seconds. That is, I mean, that's for a destroyer of this tier, that's pretty long, but you're not quite getting into cruiser territory at that point. I mean, it's workable. It's really not great, but for having that extra gun, you do pay quite dearly in maneuverability and concealment. Uh, you're going to have typical damage control uh, consumables for a destroyer. Uh, smoke generator, you're going to start out with three charges. Uh, smoke screen dispersion time is 97 seconds, which is nice. Action radius is 0.45 kilometers. Reload time is 160 seconds, which I feel is always a bit long, but that's just Japanese smoke. Consumable action time is 20 seconds, which feels really short for whatever reason on the Harugamo. Um, 
when compared to its uh, sister ships. I don't, I don't really feel like the Kitakaze had that long of a smokescreen, or had that short of a smokescreen dispersion time. I mean, it does, but it just, for whatever reason, it feels longer on the Harugamo, maybe, or it feels shorter on the Harugamo. Maybe it's just because the ship's bigger or something. Uh, maximum speed is 8 per, or maximum uh, speed boost um, is going to be 8% with your typical speed boost that you have. Uh, you're going to have three consumables. The reload time's 120 seconds. The action time's 120 seconds. Man, that was a weird way of saying that. Anyways, uh, yeah, so it's going to provide an 8% speed boost. Uh, torpedo reload booster is a lifesaver a lot of times. Uh, number of consumables is three. You're going to have a reload time of 160 seconds. Uh... And the torpedo tube reload time is going to be automatically set down to five seconds, no matter what you have it at. So uh, it's not like a percent, um, or it doesn't cut off a percent of your uh, um, reload time. It just sets it to five seconds whenever you activate that consumable. And the action time is only one second, which, I mean, it does its magic and then turns off, basically. Yeah, so that is the Harugamo base. It is way better in the firepower category compared to its predecessors, but it does pay in the uh, concealment and maneuverability. Torpedoes largely the same. I, I believe exactly the same as the Kitakaze. You don't really get uh, anything different there, which is fine because the Kitakaze's torpedoes were good, uh, except for the abysmal reload there. It just it feels like ages until you're torps are back up like i definitely would keep that tor or i do keep that torpedo reload booster always in my back pocket i never do that weird thing where people preemptively dump like two sets of torps down a flank that they don't even know where anything is i just i it makes me nervous knowing that i won't have any big source of damage as a destroyer for the next almost three minutes it just it unnerves me because someone can approach my smoke and I just I can't spit out something that could instantly knock them out, and that really unnerves me. So that's why I always have that torpedo reload booster in my back pocket just to ensure that I'm still a very large threat. All right, so now let's get into what upgrades you're gonna put on this ship. So main armaments mod one and in, in slot one. In slot two, you're gonna do engine room protection because uh, that it's a destroyer. Why would you not? Uh, you're gonna do aiming systems modification one in uh, the third slot. I do see a lot of people go for the uh, main battery modification two for the traverse speed boost, but um, I mean it, that's certainly viable. Uh, I I typically don't do that, but if you really want to be brawling in this thing, which I mean I don't really do all that much. I mean I, at the beginning of the games, but. Uh, not really after that. Um, so I typically use just aiming systems mod one just to get that better dispersion. Um, and then in slot four, uh, definitely going to go for steering gears modification one. That's my personal preference. Although uh, if you are into throttle juking rather than uh, rudder juking, definitely go with that propulsion modification one. That's the two uh, upgrades I see as viable in this slot. Uh, in the next slot, there's no question you're going with concealment systems modification one because your concealment's abysmal and you need that boost just so you don't get spotted from the moon. Um, and then the uh, final slot, the sixth slot, you're going to go with main battery modification three. I do see people putting the fire modification on the main battery or gunfire control systems modification two. I see people put that on and then they have their Harugamo that can shoot out to 14 and a half kilometers. Big whoop, okay? It's. 
it's not meant to be like a Jap or a French destroyer where you can literally shoot from one country to another. You're not meant to do that. It is meant to be a mid-range uh, ship, and you'll struggle to hit. I mean, you might not struggle, but you'll definitely have large amounts of difficulty hitting uh, anything but a battleship out at 14 and a half kilometers. So I just I see it as more useful to have the DPM boost with the main battery modification three. Um, it really helps you in um, in a firefight or when you're just trying to finish someone off. Because remember, these shells are only 100 millimeters, and you can expect to do around 300 to 500 or 300 to 600 average damage on a saturated high explosive hit. I've seen I've seen my shells hit something and do 60 damage. Okay, so you definitely need that DPM buff. Uh, so. I use Isoroku Yamamoto in, um, or Yamamoto Isoroku in my uh, Harugamo. So uh, if you don't have them, obviously just use a normal Japanese commander. But I, Yamamoto Isoroku works really well, well, with any Japanese ship, but specifically the Harugamo. So I use them in my Harugamo. Uh, the preventive maintenance is uh, what I went for my first skill. Then I went for priority targets, uh, adrenaline rush, and consumement experts for a 10-point captain. Now Yamamoto Isoroku is a 15-point commander by base, or um, by default, so I chose survivability expert and then grease the gears just to get me some uh, little extra WD-40 on those gears because his um, grease the gears skill is buffed compared to other commanders, So and same with the preventative maintenance, so those are uh, two things that are really good to use when you have Yamamoto Isoroku. Um, after th after that, I would go... I mean, you could do Superintendent. I, a lot of people go with IFHE, and I really do recommend that, because your armor penetration capacity then will jump to 37 millimeters. It will kill your fire per your fire chance. You will not set fighters anymore. You have, like, a 2.5% a chance of setting a fire. And granted, yes, you're going to be spitting out, like, a 1,000 shells every game, or more than that, probably get a 1,000 hits every game. Um, it's really, you're not going to set fires. I mean, you might set like three or four fires. It, it's just something you have to come to terms with. Um, uh, some people use fear, fearless brawler. That's totally, um, totally acceptable. Um, I've seen some people put the main battery and AA experts on, which increases your main battery firing range by 20%. So if you really wanted to, you could put range mod on there and then shoot out to like 16 kilometers. 17.47 if you wanted to go full range mod. I don't recommend that by any stretch of the imagination, but you could do it just for the memes. Um, Swift and Silence is um, uh, something that people sometimes use. I don't really recommend it here either. The main battery reload punishment that you take uh, from that is simply not worth it. Um, and then some people use Demolition Expert. Oh, one, <laughs> one skill I forgot. Last Stand. Yeah, so definitely take Last Stand. Um, I, I, w I would take that 100% of the time over anything else here. So uh, the skills that you're going to take, Preventative Maintenance, uh, Grease the Gears, Priority Target, Last Stand, Survivability Experts, Inertia Fuse for High Explosive Shells, Adrenaline Rush, and Concealment Expert. And that'll get you 19 out of 21. Um, whatever you want to do with the next points is all up to you. That's, that's the essential skills that I would really... Uh, encourage getting. I mean, you could get superintendent, but that just gets you an extra smoke screen essentially, um, and a torpedo reload booster. Uh, but I mean, it, you can use it. I really, really have never run out of smoke screens in a battle. Well, I shouldn't say that, but I've rarely run out of smoke screens in a battle, and usually if I do, it's like right at the end. So if you budget your consumables well, you don't need that skill, um, especially on this ship. 
So for flags, uh, you're going to go Juliet Charlie uh, for the to prevent your magazine from just blowing up. Sierra Mike, because you do need that extra speed. November Foxtrot to get that uh, smoke screen back up as soon as possible. Um, you can run fire chance flags. I generally don't, just because I have other ships that need them more. Uh, you can flood, you can run flood chance flags. I usually do because I don't have many destroyers, so. Uh, and I have a ton of these flags. I have like 250 of them or something like that. So, uh, yeah, then I usually run that flag. And then, I mean, I run ramming flag occasionally, uh, depending on what type of battle I'm going in. Or if I have extras of uh, the ramming flags, sometimes I'll grab some. But this this ship really doesn't take flags from you that much. Um, doesn't really need them other than the uh, consumable magazine and speed flag other than that it's all up to you i mean you can, you can take the smoke screen flag i usually reserve that for my perth just because it needs the uh, extra smoke screen dispersion time because of the crawling smoke screen that the perth has but you know that you can use it if you want so what did that change about our ship well our concealment is now down to 6.22 kilometers which is for tier 10 pretty bad but it's it's workable it really is in most circumstances uh I mean, a lot of times you will be the first thing that they shoot at if you're not careful. If you are careful, you can totally work around this. I mean, I figured out a way to work around it, and I'll tell you that in a few seconds. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's workable. Definitely not sneaking up on anybody, but workable. Um, your main battery reload is now down to 2.64 seconds, assuming you're on full health. So that's uh, that's pretty nice. That's going to push your raw DPM for your HE all the way up to 272,727. Uh, and for AP, that's going to be a 386,364 uh, damage DPM. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then you uh, turn your health down to like 25%. Say so you eat a few torpedoes at the beginning of the battle like I did last battle. I played, and now you have 2.23 second reload on 10 guns. And that's 322,373 base DPM for, or, well, yeah, DPM for HE, and 456,695 DPM. So when a battleship shows you broadside and you're able just to farm its superstructure, it turns out that their health does begin to evaporate pretty fast. Uh, and they do start to panic and make mistakes, that uh, like showing broadside to the Vermont that's right next to you. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. That was a pretty interesting battle that I had. Lots of cooperation on my team. Not a lot of cooperation on the enemy team, but we'll get into that later. Uh, your rudder shift time is down to uh, 4.4 seconds. So, yes, it is a little slow for a destroyer, but, I mean, like I said, it's workable, especially since the guns are, are great on this thing. It is workable. It does maneuver more like a cruiser, but um, it's workable. You're going to have a maximum speed of 37.5 knots base without the speed boost um, if you're running speed flag. Um... And your health is now going to be up to nearly 30,000. In fact, it's going to be up to 29,100. So uh, if you're playing arms race and you grab a health buff, yeah, you can easily go over 30,000 and essentially have a small cruiser. Like I said, this thing plays a lot like a cruiser, uh, just with really small guns. And as far as accuracy is concerned, uh, you're going to have 102-meter uh, dispersion horizontal, 61-meter dispersion vertical. Obviously, that sigma doesn't change. It remains at 2.0 uh, just because you ran the uh, aiming systems modification 1. Uh, yeah, so it, it, oh, and your turret traverse time is going to be down to... Uh, 10.78 uh, seconds. So you, you shaved like a second or so off of that. Uh, that's 
I mean, that's pretty pretty good. I mean, it's an improvement over what we had, but certainly not as good as we'd like it, but this ship does have to stay balanced somehow. Um, speaking of balance and how you play the ship, how do you play this ship? Well, it's um, not a whole lot different than the Kitakaze or the Akazuki. You just have to remember that rather than being a destroyer, you're just a cruiser in destroyer disguise. Um, you're basically a tier 10 Atlanta. That is what this thing is. It's just got a whole lot of guns and um, like around 30,000 health and it maneuvers slow. It has uh, a sort of bad turning circle. I think the Atlantis actually got a pretty similar turning circle radius. Oh my goodness, folks, the turning circle radius on the Atlanta is 610 meters, and the turning circle radius on the Hurugamo is 830. Yeah, so the Atlanta will outturn this thing in no small fashion. Um, yes, this is literally a tier 10 Atlanta. I mean, it has... I mean, the Atlanta even has less DPM than this thing does, I'm pretty sure. Or, no, it has similar DPM to this. Uh, the Atlanta has 420,000 AP DPM. This thing has... Uh, uh, 450 or 386,000. So it has a little bit less DPM, um, just because of the smaller shells. But um, yeah, the Atlanta also doesn't have Type 93 Mod 3 torpedoes. Um, but yeah, if you and I'm not saying you would hug islands necessarily like you would in Atlanta, but it acts the same way. Um, if you go between caps, the beginning of a game. So let's say between uh, A and C, or or A and B, and or B and C. I generally find the most success there, um, especially since you have a ton of health. Uh, the Atlanta actually has less health than the, or around the same amount of health, or no, less health than the Hurugamo. Twenty-seven thousand five hundred versus twenty-nine thousand one hundred. Uh, twenty-nine thousand one hundred being the Hurugamo. Uh, so you can tank a lot of damage relative to a destroyer. Like you're not gonna tank like battleship levels of damage, obviously, because you don't have a heal, and you're a destroyer. Uh, but compared to other destroyers, you can soak up a lot of damage. Like I have dueled Smallins successfully in Harugamo. Now, granted, that is probably not the best Smallin player. A Smallin should be able to take out Harugamo because the Smallin has just absurd amounts of DPM, but. It is possible if they're not on their A-game, especially if they forget you have torpedoes for some reason. Um, like the Kleber from a previous battle did. I, um, speaking of the torpedo reload booster, if you if you hold it, when you get into situations like you're dueling a, a destroyer, and if you didn't hold your torpedo reload booster, you would have 45 seconds on your torpedoes and uh, would be dead. Um, but I held on to my torpedo reload booster, so when the Kleber popped up behind me, uh, out of nowhere... Like, literally, that was the first time he got detected because he managed to weave through islands in the center of the map. He popped up directly behind me. I was able to maneuver around him and get in that sort of circle strafing kind of thing where the destroyers are circling each other, trying to kill each other. Um, that, when I was in that position, I was able to take massive amounts of health off of him with my guns and then pop torpedo, or pop a torpedo reload booster, get some torpedoes in the water, and uh, correctly lead him and sink him with a torpedo. It worked out well. And that game, I think I got first on my team just because I killed all the enemy destroyers. Um, I got like, uh, I think there was, I got like four kills in that game. It was pretty crazy. Um, not my highest amount, but uh, definitely close to it. Um, yeah, so this thing does contest caps fairly well, actually. And I, I've seen some nightmare games of people uh, contesting caps and then just getting clobbered. I, I mean, that did almost happen to me, but the sheer amount of health that this thing has 
it, it does help you out with that. So it's, say you're a type of person who likes to play aggressively and go after caps. Um, if you go there, you just have to be ready to get out of the cap because it's not necessarily like a daring or a vampire two where you can just sit in a cap that's really hotly contested and still fight it out and duke it out because you have smoke, yeah, sharper smoke screens and hydro and all sorts of things and tools that can help you cap successfully. You don't have that in Hergamal. I mean, you got your smoke screen. That's pretty much it. And smoke screens are torpedo magnets, as my jingle says. Uh, so you just have to be prepared to get out. My favorite thing to go into a cap and do is just literally come into a gap, uh, cap at an angle, point myself uh, to maybe where two islands come together so I can just uh, shoot through that gap and avoid fire, or just literally drop a smoke screen and trail away behind it. That is something that you can use to cap successfully in a Harugamo. And a lot of times you'll actually find out that teams don't really support their caps that much. So having your... your crazy DPM ship in a forward position able to spot targets for your teammates and take out enemy destroyers is extremely valuable and will win games. If you're able to be that aggressive and not die in your Hurugumo, you can turn the tide of game of a game without necessarily doing a crazy amount of damage. Map control wins games. So, um, for example, uh, we had... Um, uh, team, I had a team in a previous battle that was just not being aggressive for whatever reason. Our destroyers had n snagged one cap, and uh, the other cap was basically completely lost, and was just a kind of a lemming train situation on both sides, where the uh, team splits, leaves nothing in the middle, and then the first sign of a target or an enemy ship on either side, they all stop in their tracks and cower in fear of the Elbing that just popped up. Um, I was able to go into the center of the map, uh, contest it with a few other other destroyer or with a few enemy destroyers, kill the enemy destroyers, and then take that cap and then move south and start pushing with the team. So if you're able to play aggressive and win at the Harugamo, you can easily cause your team to win a game. Uh, the same goes for losing as well, but um, not to not as large of an extent. The, this ship is an extremely powerful tool that can be used in many different fashions, but needs to be used correctly otherwise you will pay the price because it is slow if you get caught in a situation where you need to flee and you've left it too late you will not get out of that situation it's not a marceau it's not uh, not even a shimikaze you will get stuck in that situation and people will run you down and they will kill you uh even with your twenty-nine thousand hit points so uh, I guess I'll run you through my thought process of playing games. So if you start a game, uh, typically I go where the islands are. Not necessarily to sit behind them. Actually, not to sit behind them at all. The Hurukumo can fling stuff over islands, but it just doesn't do great like playing in that sort of fashion. But use them as cover to move in and out of and to escape situations, turn around, and then kind of re-engage once you've assessed the situation more fully. I find that playing around islands is better for that. And typically, I will go in between caps i will go towards the c cap and then if it gets too hotly contested i'll shoot up to the b cap in the center and then take that and of course i'm talking about domination battles not standard battles standard battles suck um and i guess i suppose this uh philosophy also applies to um arms race definitely go for the buffs in the Rugamo. um Usually the type of ships that go for buffs or that pay attention to the buffs are the destroyers. Um, you see a lot of the larger ships, such as battleships and cruisers, neglect uh, supporting ships that are trying to take buffs. 
in, in a lot of battles. Now, theoretically, this shouldn't be the case. That should be the primary objective, but it's often not. Uh, it's often played more like a standard battle, in my experience, on the North American server. So when you're when it's just one-on-one -on -one with you and another destroyer, you have a very high chance of winning that fight, even against something like a Forest German. If a Forest German's not consistently hitting all its shots, you will win, because it has three guns. Granted, they're on a 1.5 second reload, but it has three guns and you have ten. So that's the sheer amount of salvo weight that you can put out per salvo is much higher. And not to mention that the Forest Sherman can't maneuver for crap, uh, doesn't have a speed boost. I mean, it has a smoke screen and hydro running for it, but uh, in t uh, cap contesting, often Harugamo does come out on top. It's a pretty, pretty even matchup. Um, so if you go after those caps, then um, a lot of times, or after the bus, a lot of times it'll be ignored by everything except the enemy destroyers. You can take out destroyers and take the cap or take the buffs. As far as caps are concerned, that's a whole different story. Um, but yeah, just go in there, be prepared to leave, and if it turns out that okay, the torpedo destroyers have come here, obviously take them out. But do be careful what's behind the torpedo destroyers. If there's a Salem sitting behind an island, generally not a good idea to go out and start killing the torpedo destroyers because you will get nuked yourself obviously. So you do have to take in the totality of the situation. And you have to remember that Hinurugama, once you commit to doing something, is not easy to get out of that. So if you see that Salem there, yeah, you can contest the cap, but don't really plan on going and killing what's ever on the enemy team contesting cap until uh, you know where the Salem is, if it has radar up, or if you can bait its radar, or something like that. Now, um... Uh, if, if all else is going wrong, uh, you can, it's, uh, not great. The ship is not great for really holding flanks. It is better for pushing them, but I mean, it can hold its own. Uh, smoke screens obviously use those not necessarily to sit in and, and farm from because this destroyer is so long. It does make a nasty torpedo target, but to drop, uh, and to confuse your enemies. Um, yeah. So that's how I would use it, and I've found great success. Uh, just play around the islands, play aggressively if you can, because th that's what the ship rewards. If you don't play aggressively and you're not constantly firing your guns, since the guns are smaller, obviously, if you get less shots, you're not going to get as much damage, and it is really hard to play a passive style with the Harugamo. That's why my average damage in the Kitakaze is so low, because when I was playing that ship, I was playing it too passively. So towards the end of when I was using the Kitakaze, I started to play more aggressively and started to not take more chances, but definitely realize that, yeah, okay, I can push. Even though it's a small end, it's on lower health, or I've seen the player make mistakes, and I know that I could probably exploit him a little bit more. You know that you can push and take that risk a little more. Also, uh, definitely work closely with your radar cruisers. I had a game where there was a forest German that kept eluding us, and I was able to work with uh, Dmitry Donskoy, and he radared him, and we both hammered the forest German, caught him straight with his pants down in a smoke screen, and killed him. And then we were able to take that cap and push around to the south and win the game by catching the enemy team in a crossfire. So you do have to be willing to be the front runner, essentially, in the Harugamo. That's, like, the biggest point I can give anyone. Uh, now, don't be super aggressive and walk straight into a Des Moines radar range or something like that. You do have to realize that you are basically, you're, you're a destroyer, uh, and you don't saturate as quickly as something that's like, that is French, and you're a large target, so if you get within close range of something, you're gonna hurt. And speaking of range, the ideal engagement range of this ship, um, anything outside of 8 kilometers. I generally would not recommend 
going closer than eight kilometers to anything other than another destroyer. Um, suicide runs generally not great with this ship because the for the fact that you have to turn so far out broadside to get your torpedoes away. Usually, you get nuked before um, that is able to happen. Another thing that I had to learn from uh, actually one of my friends who's really good at playing these ships, uh, or gunboat destroyers that is, is uh, how to aim with a gunboat destroyer. It's very different than aiming with a cruiser per se. Rather than aiming, or like aiming your salvo, firing, then aiming your salvo and firing and looking around, and aiming like you would with a cruiser to maintain your situational awareness, uh, with a Hurugamo, it, you you just hold down the fire button. You're constantly sequentially firing, uh, and you're just adjust your aim as you're firing. And so, obviously, you'll just have this hail of gunfire that's coming from your destroyer. You're probably not going to be able to hear anything because of, of uh, how loud it is and the new sound model that they have in World of Warships that you have to adjust if you don't want to go deaf from the guns. Um, you, you'll you see that, obviously, as the ship's maneuvering, your your uh, shells will land left, right, you know, wherever. So, rather than stopping, fixing the aim, and then uh, looking around, firing again, you have to just keep going. Like, you have to make a decision to start firing and just keep firing until... Um, for probably about 15 seconds or so, then look around, then keep firing, then look around, and that helps you keep your shots on track. Because as uh, you may remember, or some of you more experienced uh, World of Warships players may know, uh, whenever you fire one of your guns individually, that that gun calculate is calculated as a separate salvo. So if you fire all your guns at the same time, that's that's one salvo, and the dispersion is calculated for that salvo. But if you fire all your guns at, at different times, then the, that is calculated as different salvos, the dispersion is calculated multiple times, which in destroyers works to your favor because their guns are pretty accurate, so you get less wonky shots. For battleships, not necessarily because you tend to get more wonky shots because the dispersion is worse. Um, you tend to keep your guns uh, more manageable, essentially. as you're, you're dynamically adjusting your crosshairs, and you're able to keep... Uh, your guns on target rather than losing a whole salvo every time that uh, the ship you're aiming at changes directions as if you switch while you're firing you'll see your shells gradually go to the target and gradually go to the target so rather than losing whole salvos landing left right or center of the or left right center left right or short or uh, long from the target you'll have maybe only half a salvo misses essentially that's what it boils down to it's a really long-winded way of saying that really roundabout way of saying that um yeah torpedoes are completely well not completely useless they're they're trivial for this ship i mean i don't really use them that much uh okay i do use them but i don't find that they hit anything that much because of when you start shooting your your target off in panics and then starts acting very erratically uh, even though you're not doing that much damage uh with each salvo or with which with each shell um you, you're your torpedoes that you fire generally miss. Um, like I said, don't fire your torpedoes all at once. Don't expend your torpedoes on a preemptive shot. Um, or don't expend your torpedo reload booster on a preemptive shot unless you know something is going to sink because your torpedoes or you need extra coverage or something like that. Don't use it. Just save it because sometimes stuff goes down and you need that torpedo reload booster. Um, yeah, I would recommend uh, keeping that in your back pocket.
So, in short, contest caps, don't be afraid to be aggressive in this ship, even though it is kind of like a cruiser, uh, and it does play a lot like the cru a cruiser, especially late game, don't be afraid to contest caps, because that's what gets you damage, and that's what helps your team win games. A good Harugamo player, easily, still, even though the ship's pretty old, easily can sway the outcome of a game. Um... Don't use their torpedo reload booster on a preemptive shot. Aim uh, in or fire in uh, or fire sequentially. Don't fire in salvos. Uh, adjust your aim as you're firing. Uh, definitely uh, using uh, free look is all right. Um, I definitely use it a lot when I'm firing uh, with my Harugamo, although you do have to constantly be checking it because sometimes your target will move and then all your shots will just be going straight into the sea right, like really close to the target, but not actually hitting them. Uh, definitely keep track of your ribbons. If you're discovering that you're getting a lot of shatters or something like that, definitely try and adjust your aim. Uh, I see a lot of Harugamo players, especially on like replays and things like that, that aren't keeping track of that. So it's like, I got one penetration and it looks like, look at all these hits that I'm getting. Yeah, I got 49 penetrations and like 10 penetrations obviously you're gonna have to adjust your aim then or your ammo type so definitely keep track of that uh don't be afraid to use the ap ammunition but do only use it on broadside targets um i mean this doesn't hurt to just try it out and see what happens with the target and if it doesn't work switch back um remember that you're not as maneuverable as a kitakaze you're not as fast as a kitakaze uh so you know, plan accordingly do not get caught out in the open, or I mean, it doesn't do too badly out in the open, especially if you're aware. But remember that you will attract a lot of fire if you're out in the open because people know you're dangerous. Um, don't think that you can open water gunboat like a Kleber uh, or something can. You definitely have to use your rudder more than your throttle because the ship is slower, it doesn't maneuver as quickly as far as throttle is concerned. So, rudder juking is better, although if you're a good throttle juker, you can make it work. Um, yeah, don't get caught in the open without a smoke screen, because uh, just in case stuff goes down, you need to drop a smoke and then leave. Uh, use islands to your advantage. Uh, definitely use islands to turn around and uh, re-engage assess a situation based on intelligence that's given to you by your teammates. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the Harugamo. It has a lot of nuances in its playstyle, and it's definitely a playstyle that's not for everyone. I feel like a lot of people who wouldn't, do, who do good in, like, a Kleber wouldn't necessarily do good in Harugamo, because Harugamo has a lot of guns, but it's not fast. It's an old battle wagon, it, it, and that's what gets a lot of Harugamos in trouble, is just remembering, remembering that their ship is not maneuverable. It is It does not maneuver like a destroyer, it maneuvers like a light cruiser, um... Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Remember that you're not maneuverable. And if you remember that and you constantly play around it, knowing that, hey, if I push out here, I better get this guy, because if I don't get this guy, then then I'm going to be in a lot of trouble because I can't back out of that situation. You have to be sure of your choices. Um, but I will stop rambling about the Harugamo. I have taken up enough of everyone's time. I hope that was informational. I hope that's helped out your Harugamo games. Uh, I hope that's helped you with your decision whether to grind up the Japanese uh, Gunboat Destroyer line. I highly recommend it. It's the lowest XP line in the game. It's easiest, in my opinion, it's one of the easier ones to grind up. You do have to get good at aiming torpedoes at the lower tiers, but at the higher tiers, Gunboat skills will uh, carry you through. So that's all for today, folks. Um, hope you enjoyed enjoyed it uh, feel free to email me with any suggestions uh, questions comments concerns at rank amateur podcast at gmail.com and until next time captains